uh, are rolling. This is it. This is episode three, 334 of No Laugh Track Podcast. We're here at Acme because it's Acme's podcast. We're, why would we do it anyplace else? I'm Justin Severs, and I'm here with Jay Elvis, Josh Weinstein. It is his first appearance. Everybody be very nice to him on this podcast. <laughs> what should I do? Oh, I hope he's heard of me. <laughs> Welcome back, sir. It's been uh, since... November. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's a long stretch for mm-hmm. me to go go uh, no laugh track for less. I have so I bring a as you know, I bring a notebook, my little like cheat sheet that I work on before. I like that about you. Yeah, thank you. And I have notebooks, you know, going back for over five years or whatever it is now. They they take about a year to go through. Yeah. But you're so normally people aren't in it twice, but you're in here twice. You're in nice. the front of the book here from back in nice. November with Chris Bliss. And he's been back just two weeks ago. Right. Two, three weeks ago, right. two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Not that long ago. Three episode three thirty two. He was here. Did he did a really good job um mentioning your shows this week. That was nice. Yeah. Chris is one of my one of my big boosters, has been for some years. Yeah, I, I mean he did <laughs> in fact, you'll love this. He not only did he mention it at the beginning of the podcast we did together, but then at the end, nice. like he was treating it as if it was like some sort of you know radio show, like, well maybe people just tuned in to the last ten minutes here and we better mention it again. Very nice. <laughs> so as you know, he's a big big I have good friends. Here. Mm-hmm. So here we are. It is Thursday, and you have been talking about it on your podcast. You've been mentioning it on social media that you were going to record an album this week. At yes, Acme. indeed. And, and, and said, we've had one night down. One night down. I was hoping I could get some really inclement weather. Oh, uh, for for my taping nights. And Congratulations! It really, it's worked out very well. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh huh. So, yeah. So it's you know I did the first one last night doing another one tonight. So you were let's go let's go. You were here Thursday. You did shows Thursday. I oh. mean, pardon me, Tuesday. I was here Tuesday. Yeah, did not record. Did not record Tuesday. Just wanted to get your legs Tuesday night. Exactly. Okay. Uh, last night uh, I recorded. Um, you know, probably still could have gotten my legs even more, but uh, <laughs> it was fine. It was you know sort of a sort of a weathery crowd. Mm-hmm. They weren't uh, they weren't uh, hyped up. You know, but uh, they were uh, they were listening and responsive, and uh, there was some uh, some problem people. So we'll see. <laughs> I we'll, was here; it wasn't me. We'll see what we get tonight. I think I'm going to record tomorrow night as well, just for safety. But uh, but the comedy was solid. It was solid. Damn right, it was. <laughs> Be even better tonight, and better the next night. I um, why now? Is the most uh, I think is the best question I could ask about why not six months ago why not wait another year why not um, it was uh, well six months ago last time I was in town was when I decided I wanted to do it so I just and I thought I might end up uh, doing uh, some TV writing this year which would have started you know kind of Mayish okay um, so I wanted to book something safe. Uh, so I picked April. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and May, writing job started in May? Uh, that's when the staffing kind of happens. For the fall TV. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, I, 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 this six months later, the landscape is different and I'm probably not going to do that. Okay. Um, but, um, but uh, that was why I chose April specifically. Why I chose 32 years after my career began. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. Now, it's really just um, I, the last 
I don't know, half dozen years, I've been more serious about stand-up again. And um, I got to the point where it's like, all right, I've got this act now that I like the material, but I'm plenty tired of it now. Okay. And that's what comics do is you do an album or a special and then move on to the next set. And that's kind of what, what I'm ready to do. Now. Yeah. So you will officially retire? I mean, I, I don't not, think... not your career. This, these jokes. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. I mean, there'll be a transition period, I'm sure, you mm-hmm. know, and plus, you know, I'll have a, I'll have some lag time before the album actually comes out too. But, um, you know, it's not like I have such a giant fan base and, you know, who knows my material inside out. So I'm not, it's more of a creative choice than a business choice. You know? Was there ever any, uh, were you ever going to record it any place other than here? No, I never, it no. never occurred to me to, no. Right. I looked up the, uh, I mean, I don't want to spend more than just a few seconds on this, but it is it's the second year in a row, at least that I know of, that in April we've got this crazy snowstorm in Minnesota. Yes, and I was here for both. Yeah. I was oh, here you... for Crash and Burn last year in April. Oh, that's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> What the? <laughs> Somebody on the news last night said. So it's three appearances in a year, by the way. So oh, if you, if you, oh, within tw- twelve months. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you're, you're not. That's not in this notebook. That's in a previous notebook. However, you're right. It is three times. Uh, a woman, the uh, Belinda Jensen, on the, the news last night, and Carol Levin yeah. was making a thing, of saying something about all the snow in April, and she said, First Avenue apparently put out a tweet yesterday." that had uh they showed those stars on the outside of the building uh-huh. and it was playing this prince song that has a lyric about snow in april right and she said that since he's died we've had snow every april Ooh, Ooh that's twice <laughs> <laughs> and and i had i for about a half a second i was like i'm gonna freaking search that and see if she's telling the truth like like, why would I remember if four years ago we had right. snow in April or three years ago or six years ago? She could just be making that up. I haven't searched. But I did look up the average uh, high temperature in for uh, today, yeah. April, April 11th in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, it's like 56. Well, that's not as good as, yeah. as uh, we don't have what is good as that is, I guess, what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not at all. But I'm so glad we got to talk about weather. What? Sorry. Hey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, the, uh, the snore effect is in full effect there. The thought spiral snore. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's get into that. I listen. Congratulations on episode 100. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're very proud and surprised that we made it that far. Now, it came out uh, earlier this week. You recorded it a week and over a week ago now, right? Yes. Yes. So was 101 been recorded? 101 has been recorded. I have to edit it yet. Okay. But that'll come out Monday. Oh. Every damn Monday. Damn right. I haven't missed one. You haven't, have you? I have not missed a week. I got one piece of advice from Segura when I started doing the podcast. He goes, don't miss a week. Yeah. And I took it. You lost a few episodes, just like I have. We have lost a couple. Technical difficulties. Yes. Uh, could Two we... of them were my fault, probably. One of them was, was just pure tech breakdownage. Okay. Yeah, we've had that problem. It's just like technology didn't want to cooperate. Very frustrating. Could Julian Assange find those uh, those lost episodes? I don't think so. No? No. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I was thinking when I came last night that I was going to see Joel Madison. Yes. My uh, friend Joel Madison, is the. he was initially going to be with, with me the whole week. Then he had a thing happen. So now he's coming in tonight 
going to be with me Thursday through Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he'll be doing the shows. Yeah. And for people that don't remember who that is, Joel is... Joel is one of the, uh, really one of the um, sort of founding fathers of the uh, Twin Cities comedy scene. He was one of the original Minneapolis comedy all-stars with Louis Anderson and Jeff Cesario and Alex Cole at the uh, Dudley Riggs uh, Theater Yeah, in the early 80s. And... Um, he was also sort of the first, one of the first generation to leave Minnesota to go to L.A., and he became a Roseanne writer and had, and had a long TV writing career, yeah. you know, several jobs along the way with me um, and one of my best buddies. So why not bring him along? Damn right. You've done it before. Why not do it again? Yeah. And he sort of dips his toe in stand-up these days. So, Which was something that could be said about you a few years ago. Kind of, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I always I always had my Acme week. And then some years that would kind of be my only week. Yeah. You know, and then some years I've, you know, been a little more roadie so what do you uh, what's uh what's on the schedule for you as far as stand up in the future here you're doing that you're recording this week recording this week i don't have a lot coming up i'm gonna i'm gonna start really booking stuff for the fall probably um it's like a teacher you take the summers off well i just you know i don't have that wide a base of clubs to play so um there's a few that i'm just sort of targeting because i'm still in sort of kind of only want to do good gig mode because i don't i don't you know, it's never going to be my only thing. Stand-up is never, you know. Okay. Um, it For many reasons. One, because I don't have, like I said, a base of clubs to make a living enough to do that many weeks on the road. Sure. I don't have the constitution to do that many weeks on the road anymore. Um, I don't, you know, I, I just, I like, uh, I really like working with friends. Um, that's the best situation for me, Wh- whatever it is. Or if I'm headlining like this week or last week, week before last, I was out opening for Tom Segura on the road. Um, and that's just more more fun for me. I know that's you know sort of a pussy way to approach it, <laughs> but you know, I I did the the road life very early on in my life and career. I started when I was 15. Right. So, you know, the week, the year before I moved out to LA when I was 20, I did 40 weeks on the road, you know, just to save money. And, and, you know, it's just not, it's not a good life and it's not, uh, because I've been a writer and director and all done all this other stuff. It's like a stand up set just isn't enough work for a day oh i see for me anymore Uh so i get really frustrated in that sort of pacing you know killing the day trying to save your energy for the show at night um you know what do you do when you're not feeling it you're like uh when i'm not i want it it to be today i know you know i'm still a pro i do the show and i you know I never once I'm on stage I'm I'm never like why am I here you know unless yeah. it's a horrible show or something but um but yeah no there are days where it's just it's not it's not my natural rhythm anymore you know I've done 3 this will be you know 334 episodes of this plus the lost ones and I don't think there's a Thursday where I don't wake up and I'm like this is the highlight like uh uh, career-wise, business-wise, work-wise, this is the highlight of my week every week. Yeah. Yet Thursday morning, I wake up and I have a little pit pit on my stomach. I'm like, ooh, dread or not dread, or but nervousness. Like, nervousness, like, oh, here we go. I gotta make this another. I gotta make this good. Yeah. I want to make this good. 
every week and I, it's it doesn't change well that's you know that's probably a good thing you know because you make it good then you know <laughs> you actually have a notebook full of questions and things to talk about in, as opposed to in just theory going, <laughs> i'm winging it like what we do with thought spiral but um you know i it's it's i don't uh I still love doing this, you know, and I still being a comic is still like my core identity. Um, but, you know, after 32 years, it's my my life is this. I'm a sort of showbiz general practitioner now. Oh, you yeah. Know? Uh-huh. I, and I like that. And that's, you know, that's kind of the thing that makes my life exciting. You mm-hmm. know? And and it's the thing that you know allows for surprises like i just i just co-starred in a movie and it's like that to me is very life-affirming just that that can happen you know that i'm living the kind of life where (laughs) that sort of thing can drop in and i can be open and willing enough to go yeah i'll do it right um so i mean i think you know if, if anything about my career i'm proud of the most is that it's just that I've done so much shit. Sure. You know, and and I don't have any real desire to to stop that, you know. It's always going to be what's the thing that excites me that I can just dive into and wear for a while. Sure. You know? Yeah, I'm impressed by how many things you get into. Even I saw, uh, what was it, within the last month, you did a show at one of my favorite places to go when I'm in Chicago. At, at North? At North. Yeah. My buddy Jim Weber, who runs that place. Jim Weber, who went to high school with me, it turns out. Yeah. Um, St. Louis Park guys. Yes. Uh, but that was a different... That's not what you did there. I Talk about that, please. That's not a normal show. Like, did you just do stand-up at that? or how, what did uh, you No, do? we did a bunch of stuff. I, it was uh, me and uh, Trace Bleu and Frank Kana from Mystery Science and Cinematic Titanic and Dave Gruber-Allen, who is one of my very best friends in the world yeah. for 25 years. And you may know him from Freaks and Geeks. As Mr. Ross or the guidance counselor or the Higgins boys and Gruber or Gilmore girls or tons of shit. Um, and Gruber and I have been in a, you know, he, he and I were in a, have been in a band together for 25 years with my wife and, um, called the depreciators. And, uh, you know, before that we played in a cover band with Paul Feig and, you know, so, and, you know, and Gruber and I have been in, I was actually, well, what happened is we went to Chicago to teach a master class at second city yeah at the harold ramus film school they invited gruber and i to come basically speak for the day with a group of students which was really fun so i figured since i'm in chicago with gruber we should do a show yeah because gruber and i have done so many shows of so many kinds over the years um and then i thought well hey if we're doing a show let's call trace and frank have them come down and do a show with us so it was riffing it was stand-up it was music it was yeah it was all you did some riffing uh, we did, yeah. I did a little riffing at the end. We did a, an improv riff at the end. It, really, it was short. And then Trace and Frank did like three shorts during the thing. And Frank did some stand up, and I did a longer set. And oh. Gruber and I did a, like four or five music things together. And so it was kind. Of, it was my kind of show. It was, yeah, it was definitely my kind of my most fun kind of night. You you could bring that show to Minnesota for a night. I think that would probably well. could. Yeah, I think that would do really well. <laughs> You should do it. Okay. I want to go. <laughs> you won't get a fantastic. lot of resistance, you know. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was really fun. So, um, but that, you know, that to me, like I said, is that's the perfect kind of night where I, you know, we get to do a bunch of stuff. It's with my friends and, 
you know, it's sort of showbiz adjacent. It's not, re- yeah. you know, and that's my career is sort of showbiz adjacent. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, um, it's not like it's not shaped around ambition anymore. You know? <laughs> what? I mean, it's shaped around creative ambition, but it's not shaped around fame and fortune. Okay. Ambition anymore? It's mm-hmm. not really part of my. You know, I mean, if, because uh, if either why? happened, great. Sure. You know, but it's not. It does because it's not nourishing to me. That's not. That's not how I get fed anymore. Mm-hmm. Is you know, um, so how I get fed is by making stuff you know that and it's become really simple in my life where if I'm working on a project I'm happy and if I'm not I'm not I heard you say on uh, oh shoot now I just lost my train of thought here about uh, oh yeah no I got it yeah I heard you say on uh, Thought Spiral about you guys were talking about McCartney and Lennon and the writing credits and something McCartney worried about was it McCartney that was worried about the, yeah. the order of yeah. their names? Yeah, he was. He had requested to Yoko and the others that on the songs that were primarily his that they flip it to McCartney and Lennon. Um, and I think she refused at first, and then eventually relented on some on in some kind of on one release. Uh-huh. Um, but he was so worried about. What he was worried about is his name getting cut off on internet searches. So just like you know Lennon and dot 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 or Lennon Mac you know yeah and I just it just depressed the hell out of me that Paul McCartney could be worried about his legacy right you know and it and it it it, it actually had a, an almost profound effect on me in that respect of just going well then this is all bullshit right you know if Paul McCartney can't feel secure then who, then who? Mm-hmm. and and the then who of that rang very true to me like not and it wasn't like a sad thing it was just like it was that in combination with no just seeing how young people now do not give a shit about old stuff yeah you know and i can understand it because there's so much new stuff constantly coming at them that just to stay up to date with that you know Mm -hmm. you're not gonna have a lot of chance to go take deep dives on old stuff that's that, true you know and so you know when you get mad at kids for not knowing a Beatles song you also go well it was 50 fucking years ago mm-hmm. you know did I know songs from the 30s and the 80s no I really didn't that much you know? <laughs> do you know any now yeah more than I did then but um, you know but I just you know and I started to feel in stand up how references stopped working a lot of them and you know and, and um you know, and so it was just like you know, there's people who are like what's Mash? What's you know? You can you could go through this litany of things that were huge and completely imprinted on us that you know make no impression on you know. Even I was talking to Segura last week about it, and he's like five years younger than me, or maybe a few couple more, but like he has no familiarity with Mash. Like okay. Mash is like really? not is not part of his pantheon at all, you know. Huh. And it's amazing how, you know, just 5 years can make a difference and well, I'm, he didn't I'm want- out of whack because I, you know, I started when I was 15 and then all my friends suddenly became 30. Right. You know, and so I was like, you know, working double time to make sure that I knew these references, uh-huh. you know, so I wouldn't get busted for being young, you know. <laughs> so I had the, you know, and plus I watched TV every waking moment of my life from the moment I was born to whenever. Yeah. Um, so I really did have a good base of this and I was into it and it was important to me as a kid. Yeah. Show, you know, I always felt this weird kinship with show business. Um, 
but most people don't and you know now that i realize it's just like fame is like just it's kind of it's nothing you know it's it's how much you, I, I'm gonna I don't even know what you would say about this but just f- from your where you're sitting in in Hollywood like uh, like the you know your mystery science background the freaks and geeks like in, in some like you've done you've a, done appearances at Comic Con like for to some people yeah. you're a super big deal right I guess so yeah and then in others like oh who who is yeah, and I think more of the latter, way more of the latter. You know, the only time. What is that like for you? Um, it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing. It's um, I'm not a nostalgic guy, really, so I don't like eat up mystery science theater. Love that that you know. It's like I really want to be there for the people who are excited. If someone is excited to meet me, I feel like I want I I go into service mode almost like i really want to be good to anybody who you know is supportive or whose life is better because of something i made or who's you know who's excited in any way to meet me Mm -hmm. that's that's great for them the last thing i would want to do is alienate them or 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 sour their feeling and not not because i don't want them to like me but because i just don't want to put a stain on something that's important to them good yeah good good um but you know when i go to if i go to things where it's signing autographs for a line of people it's like i don't my ego doesn't doesn't eat that up okay and especially with mystery science theater things because i always still have this very this sort of baseline knowledge that people are fans of the thing and much less of me, you know? I, and part of that is just because the thing is way bigger than me. And mm-hmm. part of it is that I left really early. And so most people's fandom started after I left. Yeah. And so I was sort of a, I was sort of a trivia fact that got added on later for people. Um, you know, so people, so, you know, I'm not one of the icons of the show to a lot of people. Do you, have you ever felt like you, like, um, I think I heard you talking about like a when you're going to do a podcast, for example, like with Andy, and the host knows him better than he knows you. Do you have a feeling like why do I have to prove myself to? Oh yeah, I do. That's where my to, to this guy. Why am I proving myself to this guy? Like that's no, I don't have that. I, I don't have it like this guy. Okay, I have it more of like I can't. You know, I like. I get bummed that my peers don't know who I am. Yeah. You know, Mark Maron didn't know who the fuck I was oh, there's, when yeah, I went there was on the show, example. you know. Yeah. Um, as he found out, he liked me and, you know, and, you know, and I ended up, you know, I remember him saying, yeah, yeah he seems like a guy. He's not trying to impress me. He's not dying for my approval, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, and I went on Fitzsimmons last week and he clearly he wanted Andy, you know, and, yeah. and I came along with Andy and I had to slowly sort of, you know, as I'm talking and I would, you know, not that consciously, but I could see what was happening is like I would inject a credit and he'd go, oh, really? You, you know? Okay. And so, you know, that's where my ego gets like, no, I should, people should know who I am yeah, after 32 years. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's got to be but a little it's not, frustrating. But I don't. I don't blame them, and right. I, and I do realize that part of that is my own sort of self um, seclusion. Like I'm not a guy who's been hanging out 
on the scene for all these years. You know, I don't hang out at comedy clubs okay. when I'm not working, and yeah. I don't. You know, I haven't made an effort to be a part of the scene, so there's no real reason why they would know who I am. Mm-hmm. But yet, my ego still goes. Don't you know who I am? Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> And so, like, I did Gilbert's podcast, Gilbert Godfrey's, last week, uh-huh. and Frank Santapadre did, like, all this research, and that was, you know, and it was just, like, it was so nice to go on a show where they actually knew who I was. How about Gilbert? Uh, Gilbert did not know who I was, clearly. Had you met him before? Uh, I'd met him 30 years ago, yeah. but I didn't know him, but, uh, um... In fact, I said, you know, because he, he was reading my... He starts the show by reading this written-out list of credits and I'm sitting there and I was in LA and there in New York so okay. just just hearing the Gilbert Gottfried sort of recite my career um, was very bizarre I and bet I, and I said and at the end I was just like and Gilbert you forgot one thing and I've never heard of him until today <laughs> <laughs> and that one's not available yet right no I think Both it's coming out it? another week or two yeah, yeah oh. I think he said like three weeks and that was last week so. okay uh, I have a I have a personal uh, story with Gilbert Gottfried he came in when I had the radio job he was doing a show in the Twin Cities, he came in to do morning radio, and at the time, he was having terrible back pain. Oh, yeah. And I had recently got my wisdom teeth pulled. Ah. Uh, well, first, I- A little Vicodin exchange? Yep. <laughs> I gave him two of my Vicodin that I happen to have with, uh, so I've given Gilbert Gottfried drugs in the past. I've admitted to a federal crime on my pocket. Uh, it wasn't me. But he, I, they <laughs> fell out of my pocket, and he found them. I don't know how that happened. And then the- um, and then, but even before that, before when we first saw him, he uh, was getting dropped off, and they called from out in the parking lot, and they said, "Could somebody come out here and help Gilbert?" I ended up literally—he's, I mean, he's a tiny man. Yeah, I picked him up, and because and, he couldn't take the what? How big is a curb? How high is a curb? Six inches? Yeah, he couldn't take that step up to the curb because of his back. Because of his back. Wow. Yeah. And then once we got in the building, we grabbed a, uh, you know, just like a rolling chair, like an office chair, mm-hmm. and and used that as a makeshift wheelchair to wow. take him around the building. <laughs> yes. So I've picked up Gilbert Gottfried. Hopefully he had some sort of supplemental insurance that could help him <laughs> with his. <laughs> and then, you know, the other strange connection to that is then a former coworker of mine got that gig after Gilbert. By the oh, way. really? Yeah. A sales manager at the time at the radio station who did a decent Gilbert picked up the yeah picked up the gig Mm -hmm. yeah I wanted to so I have Google alerts set for everyone that's ever been on this podcast really Mm -hmm. and there was one from Andy Kindler that came up like over a year ago I think that said he was going to be in a movie yeah and then he came to town and I asked him about it and he was like "Uh, I don't yeah I don't know if that's yeah they announced that I don't even know if that's going to happen right. Now, the movie's been made. You got included. Yes, indeed. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, It's called The Fiddling Horse, and the uh, teaser trailer came out this week. Um, And it stars Andy Kindler, Paula Lindbergh, and myself, um, along with other fine actors like Ali Mills from uh, the mom from Wonder Years yes. and David Hayden Jones who's uh, been on uh, Supernatural a lot and uh, he played uh, um, Aaron Rodgers' agent in those State Farm commercials the oh my goodness. douchey agent sure well, I know who that is then uh, I, have a really, I have a fun scene with him uh, where he's super douchey um, 
the the so, press release that came out a year or so ago, whenever that was, it's, it just had these very vague details about some movie that was going to be made, and it said Andy Kindler was cast as a character named Barry Bitterman. Correct. And I was like, that is a frick, what a perfect name yes. for an Andy Kindler character. And that's so, yeah, all so, I knew. Yes, and so he wrote the part for Andy, okay. and uh, that all came out, and... Uh, and around that time, I, this guy, the guy who directed C.J. Wallace, who directed and wrote the movie, is a fan of Thought Spiral. Um, so I called, I just, you know, I DM'd him and said, hey, give me a cameo and we'll do the show from the set. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course, sure. And I was like, great. I just asked for something and got it, you know. And that was pretty much my dream was to have a scene in a movie because I never really... I'm not an actor, really. You yeah. know, it's you know, I've been in stuff, but it's not something I pursue. And uh, and so then the movie got delayed, and probably it was in a big one of its delay periods when Andy was here, and that's yeah. probably why he was a little like uh-huh. may happen, may not. Um, so there was a couple of those where it was about to start shooting, and then they had to not. Um, and we got towards the end of last year, and I was uh, scheduled that back surgery. And so I called the director and said, you know, I know you got, you're got you on a, this weird scheduling thing, so please, you know, I got to have back surgery. If you need to go without me, please feel free. Don't worry. You know, mm-hmm. you won't hurt my feelings. And he said, well, actually, um, I just lost my lead actor, and I want you to play the part. I've been thinking for a while. I want you to play the part. I'm like, I, I don't think you do. <laughs> and uh, he said he did. I said, well, then... It's your problem. I Are guess. we telling people that lead was Bradley Cooper? I mean, is that public? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, but the weird thing is, it wasn't like an actor who looked like me, the person who was the lead. It was like just a straight regular actor. Okay. So I'm like, right off the bat, it's was not, it a comedian? It's, it's no, okay, no, it was like a Steppenwolf real actor. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it was like it's not even a part with like, into, you know enter fat bald guy it wasn't you know it was just like a regular guy part Mm -hmm. which to me was like weird um uh so yeah so i ended up with literally probably the most lines in the movie really yeah no shit and it's yeah it is truly one of the leads of the movie (laughs) um and uh and it was really fun. I had a great time. And now, you know, one of my very best friends in the world and I are in a movie together. So Amazing. It, it's sort of the ultimate J. Elvis Weinstein career thing. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. it's total dilettantism mixed with working with friends, <laughs> you know, and total left field origin, yeah. you know. So that made me very happy. And, uh, Supposedly, it's going to be coming out in September, and uh, it'll do festivals over the summer. And, and yeah, Some I'm it. a goddamn movie star. Yeah. So, do you? Uh, I mean, was there ever like a hey, could you could you look up some acting the mac uh, look up a master class online and and then show up for the recording or the filming? So say again. Did the director was ever like, hey, uh, you know, why don't you polish up on some? Uh... No, no, he didn't. Uh, no, he had total faith in me. All all the doubt came from my end of the of the aisle. It was he 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 had total confidence I could do it. 
to his credit. And, uh, you know, I think he knew, you know, part of it is he knew that Andy and I had chemistry going in, which wasn't going to hurt the movie at all. You yeah. know, that was going to come through. And I think he probably knew that my Andy wrangling skills were probably stronger <laughs> than anyone's in the world besides perhaps his wife. Good point. That's a very um, good point. And, uh, so, you know, so, you know, when he said I've been thinking about it for a few months, I didn't actually believe him mm. but and still don't necessarily. But nonetheless, he still saw, you know, doesn't matter. I got to give made. him credit for taking the leap, you know, because it, it is a big leap. You know, I certainly can't help sell the movie because of my name. You know, I certainly don't have a track record that would say, you know this is the guy mm -hmm. you know so he obviously you know he heard something on the podcast and seeing me that made him think and and, and and you know from a very objective perspective it was a good part for me you know it wasn't something that i had to stretch to play okay and he wrote really good dialogue so that it was easy to speak and easy to speak in my voice you know and he was very you know he was very respectful of me as as a writer and director too so if i had thoughts he wanted them and if i was if i wanted to change the lines he was great with that okay you know? so it was it was you know it was a fairly perfect experience in terms of just my vibe you know which is you know, someone not only inviting me to their thing, but letting me sort of get up to my elbows in it with them, you know. The name is The Fiddling Horse. Correct. Now, I looked up the word, the word fiddling yeah. definition. I wasn't 100% sure. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some of these, and you tell me which one fits uh, the definition they're using of fiddling in the title. Okay. All right. Uh, so there's some synonyms for fiddling. Trivial. Petty. Insignificant. Unimportant, paltry, minor, small, and then here's a here's a some vulgar slang they claim. Chicken shit. Would chicken shit fit? Probably. The chicken shit horse? Would that Probably, fit? Probably or insignificant horse because it's kind of it's about a cheating scandal essentially. Okay. So and this is it is a phrase from horse racing, but it's not actually a phrase that comes up in the movie. So, so it, really? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what uh, the process to that title was, but I think if you're a horse racing insider, it makes sense. Well, I, I see now. Like I said, that I do. The it might have taken place in a scene I wasn't in, but oh. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they could have. I mean, I read the script. I don't remember. <laughs> they may have just taken twenty minutes to explain it, but you didn't see that. Part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, th so I said that I do the Google alerts with everybody's name, and um, and it came up. Your name came up within the last week, uh, J. Elvis Weinstein, and one of the stories that your name was in was about the movie, and it was connected to a story. The main point was it was on a horse racing website because they were focusing on the jockey, the jockey that's yes, in the movie. I got that Google. You got that well. one yes. too, <laughs> Mitch. Um, I can't remember his I don't last know. name. Yeah, <laughs> you could say it, but a, but a well a well known jockey apparently. Okay, and a great guy, really nice guy. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any history of going to horse tracks besides uh, filming movies, Adam? Uh, I played rock and roll in a band at Santa Anita once. Okay. Uh, and I uh, I used to go to Canterbury Downs when I was a kid and lived here. And uh, When it was called Canterbury Downs. When it was called Canterbury <laughs> <that> Downs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, at Hollywood Park I went to a few times when okay. I first moved to L.A. But it's not like a, it's certainly not a, a pastime or passion for me. Sure. 
Sure, sure. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, we I, we have to. You just did a hundred episodes of your podcast, hundred and one, one that hasn't been heard. Um, I heard and I listened to oh, three quarters. I would say of episode one hundred. I didn't get to the very end. Yeah. So. I thought it was awesome that you put in the uh, like highlight reel. Oh, thank you. That was very cool. I kind of wish it would have been longer. Actually. Really? Yeah. Was... Uh huh. Yeah. Also, as a podcast host, it makes me think like, "Fuck, I should be freaking doing." I need it's to be spending more time. Yeah. I made my. Pr- I did it. I did it a couple of Christmases ago. I did uh, a best of show, and uh, it took forever. But uh, this time I had our producer, Alex Brazel go, hey, Alex, I'd like to hear what your favorite moments mm-hmm. are. So, yeah. Actually, that's... And mostly it's us making lots of noises. But <laughs> <laughs> So what? It's great. It's absolutely great. Uh, I want to talk a minute to Dennis Miller impressions. Chant, chant. <laughs> Miller I... on the sixes. <laughs> I would say uh, in all honesty, uh, so I'd probably listen to three quarters of episode of 100. I've probably listened to three quarters of the episodes of thoughts that's amazing not gonna i'm not gonna lie and say i've heard all of them no it's almost it's really hard to keep up do you really think that would make you look good even (laughs) (laughs) you don't know how much free time i have josh (laughs) i do have another job where it allows me to listen to a lot of podcasts so i probably listen to more than the average person right i'm able to uh, but it is i assume your jewiest two hours of the week without question yeah without question it's funny that you say that i uh (laughs) I, I have a Jewy question for you. Okay. Well, maybe not. So my daughter, one of my daughters, is in fifth grade. And by the end of this school year, she will have to do a report on a famous person. Famous person report. Wow. She has chosen Anne Frank. Wow. Okay. Yep. So... Just part- because the life is so short, it's an easier gig? <laughs> no, I think it's because she's already been taught about Anne Frank and, yeah. hasn't, and doesn't have to do more work. Okay. That's what I think. I respect that. Yeah, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, so part of the presentation, you have to write a little, you know, you have to write a report. But then the last thing they do is they're going to do, um, what do they call it? Human not mannequins maybe it is they're inviting parents in to come to the school and the kids get to dress up as the famous person they did the report on wow okay how or should my non-jewish daughter dress up as anne frank i think look at the pictures that exist and pick one of those outfits yeah don't go with the star don't don't put the the yellow star on don't go with the star no because she wasn't wearing one because she was hot, hidden. It's inter- Okay, it's interesting you say that because I looked at this. I Googled Anne Frank uh, costume. Yeah, and it had a star. And, a, and there's like one, at least one picture that pops up all over the place. It's a little girl with a homemade star on her little yeah, Anne I Frank think that's outfit. A little, I think that's uh, pushing the limits mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe some uh, very light makeup to show how pale she would have been from being in an attic for two years. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I would just look at the picture. You know, there are pictures of Anne Frank. Yeah. Um, so look at those, I would say. Yeah. If there's any, if there's one with a star, which I doubt, then you can go with it. But Fair other, otherwise, you don't have my permission. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she, whatever she decides to do, she ought to bring that a picture that she based it on to show. Probably. So, in case yeah. anybody has an sure. issue with it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Does she have what, what color hair does she have? My daughter? Yeah. Blonde? But yeah, maybe a wig. Yeah. Maybe a dark wig. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> if she was blonde, they wouldn't have had to hide her. <laughs> good point. Good point. Very good point. Very good point. I know she's had to explain that to parents all that morning. <laughs> yeah, she looked like Swiss Miss otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Heidi. Is that, is that the character's name? Heidi. Maybe a big book. She could carry a big book that just says diary on the outside too. Yeah, that's good actually. Yeah, it's a nice prop. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. My when I was on the uh, swim team in in high school, we did a thing at the end of the year. We would, for like for several years, we did a lip sync contest at the end of the school year. The other day, my dad was like, "Hey." uh Remember when you did the lip sync contest and you did the uh, the Weird Al song, but it's Michael Jackson? And you, how did you? He's like, you painted your face for that. Do you? Are there pictures of that, Dad? You have that so wrong. I hope you've never told anyone that because you have not only do you have the wrong song, but I never, ever, ever did what you are insinuating that I did. The song was uh, it was a Weird Al song, but it was uh, the all ricky based on like um oh mickey all, yeah oh yeah. mickey but it was all ricky tony based, basil yeah based on uh, ricky ricardo and lucille right. ball sure. that was it so what i did is when i did that song i stole an idea from that old tv show putting on the hits sure so i did a thing where i just uh where i tried to portray both people ricky and lucy so i got uh like my mom's lipstick and i put lipstick on one side of my lips right. on one side and then got a clip on earring from a neighbor and used that on that same side that's what my dad confused <laughs> into i did blackface right whoa who was the who was the politician who's who just got Yeah. Who, I don't remember his name, but who, yeah, I can't remember. That, that's what was in my dad's mind. Like, oh yeah, my son did something like that. You're like, no he didn't. Right. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe half sort of cross dress, but right. not I actually remember the person who did that on putting on the hits as well. So Oh <laughs> they, do you remember it, it was a Diana Ross uh, the one I tried to, it was a, a guy did a Diana Ross, Lionel Richie song. Right. And it was like long hair on right. one side. And then he'd flip around. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> do you remember the host of Putting on the Hits? Alan Fawcett? Yes. Yes, I do. Nice. <laughs> Where is he now? Um, he's hosting a, a local karaoke show, probably. Yeah. <laughs> at a bar. Yeah, I was going to say, at a bar. that <laughs> He's live streaming somewhere. Yeah. Are you uh, are you pumped for Game of Thrones coming back? Uh, no, no, not. No, I don't care. Never watch it. No, no, no. Don't care. Don't have a fantasy Jones like that. Yeah. Don't have a uh, knights and dragons kind of uh, fetish. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's my only dragons fetish and it doesn't go beyond that? Well, then that's good. You you know, it's easier to find people online. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I hear it's a good show, and I I don't I I don't poo poo it as a quality show. I think people you know enough people think it's great that it probably is, but it takes so much for me to commit to a TV show these days. Sure, no, I understand that. I want to ask you another thing because I did write a note here about that, and we you mentioned it very briefly that when you were in Chicago, you did. You did a master class. They were calling it a master class. Yeah, their name, Gruber. not mine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? What? I want to know. What, what was the? What was the setting? Where? Uh, uh, it's. It was at 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 Second City. Their their training center. Part of it is what's called the Harold Ramis Film School, which is uh, 
they say the the only completely comedy focused film program um and it's run by second city and um and i know uh i know a teacher there and and the teacher is an old friend of Gruber, so they and so he's a you know he's a friend of Gruber's fan of mine, and so invited us to come do this this master class. What which, did you prepare for that? Um, I didn't prepare a ton because they told me don't prepare. You know, we, just sit there and answer questions. A lot of what? questions. We did. We did. It was like it was like a three stage thing. In the morning, we did a, a sort of Q and A. Um, you know, some background and biography, you know, and then really just getting into, you know, the different gigs and what's entailed and different writing jobs and what different writing rooms are like okay. and, 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 um, you know, general questions about comedy writing and, yeah. and, and making stuff. Um, and then we did, um, we did a session where they had written sketches and we selected a half dozen sketches to table read and get on their feet. And then we you know, we picked another three of those to actually stage and get on their feet with actors going. And, uh, you know, Gruber and I gave notes to the to the writers of the, of the sketches. So it was to, an all day thing. It was an all day thing. And, you know, we talked, you know, just how this could work better here's you know here's what i'm seeing i think this part you know the the woman needs a much stronger part here and you know things like that um this joke would build better if you did it in this order you know um and then we did a um a sort of screening session like i showed a, a short film i directed and really took them through the steps that i had done to make that short film what was that uh, it's called the mediocre samaritan it's on youtube it's okay. uh it's like 13 minutes um stars uh dave higgins who was one of the higgins boys in gruber and uh he was like on ellen as the coffee guy and he was on um Malcolm in the Middle as the fat yeah, boss yeah, yeah. neighbor guy uh-huh. Craig um, and then Joe Keyes who's a Minneapolis comic originally is in it and Victoria Kelleher who's an actress from Minnesota who's uh, married to Paul Kelleher who was a Minneapolis comic okay. and a guy named Mark Fight who's a how old is this thing? Uh, I think I made it in 2007 um, what had happened was is I had sold a screenplay and I was sort of angling to direct the movie, but I hadn't actually directed a movie, um, so I put this short together oh, okay. and uh, and did it. Have you ever looked into how much it, uh, like the master classes, you know, like that Steve Martin does and stuff? Have you ever looked? I looked up the prices of those. Now they have like an all-you-can-eat price. Yes, which isn't a bad deal. Huh. I actually I, I bought it the uh, over. A, couple months ago oh really yeah just stoned impulse by no shit so i've been watching some of what, them yeah like what i watched some of steve martin's thing um and there, there's valuable stuff in there and i watched uh some of um i don't know i've been sampling i've been doing a lot of sampling okay. i watched some sorkin i watched some because i looked and i saw um like your buddy judd apatow does one judd does one yeah a comedy yeah yeah i liked uh i liked steve martin's comedy one better than judd's i think but part of that is just because i've worked with judd so i know where he's headed more okay um i watched helen mirren's acting one actually before i went and acted you did yeah just okay. to see if there's any kind of just pure screen acting tips that i could pick up on uh-huh. 
Um, I think I watched some of Samuel Jackson's as well. Uh, I noticed that one. Uh, he has... My initial reaction to that is he has such a unique. No one else is like Samuel L. Jackson. How does he teach people to act when he's he's right. the only one that does what he does? Yeah, well, you know, there's still there are still film acting tricks of the trade. I suppose, you know? yeah. and it is film acting is a different beast than stage acting. Okay. For example, it's just it's it's a real different gig. You know? Can I, uh, I? One of the names I saw on the masterclass website made me chuckle like a kid. Wine appreciation with James Suckling. Oh yeah, is it wrong for me? To <laughs> I saw that. That's hilarious. I, I haven't looked. Although the original part I was going to play in the movie was uh, was a Somalia guy, uh, and so that when I was playing that part, the director said, "Hey, watch the movie Psalm, so you can pick up some of their obnoxious little quirks." No kidding. And affectations, and then I ended up playing a whole different part. Okay. But, okay. But yeah, for my part, he didn't want to. He didn't have any things to watch. He didn't have any reference points. Okay. For people that haven't looked, those uh, yeah, it's, those masterclass things. It's like 180 bucks for all access. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. That's what you. Uh... Like I said, I was stoned. It was an impulse buy. <laughs> do you ever go on um, Kickstarter and just look around at stuff? Like yeah, I do. I don't anymore, but I have. And then I got enough crappy products that I kind of like. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. There was a. There was like, like what? Like the Cento towel I thought was horrible. What is that? It was some, you know, miracle towel that, you know, that. Is I, never wet or something? No, it, you know, it's supposed to be super absorbent, but I found it to be quite the opposite. I found it to just sort of move the sort of wipe the water around on you and give you a More weird like a clammy feeling <laughs> that, uh, there was a knife I bought some knives that I wasn't pleased with really a chef knife that was not uh, not as awesome as promised okay my wife just gave me an update last night on one she put money into hold on one sec I just gotta uh, sorry oh we got an important one here we got Joel Madison wondering what the hotel is oh okay well I will um, I will keep talking here and say that uh a b c no my wife did one where she was uh i was sitting in bed looking through kickstarter and i was like oh hey look check this one out and then she went ahead and bought it and it was she hasn't received it yet this is like four months ago it was uh a product for brushing your teeth not a toothbrush but something for cleaning your teeth that is going to take they claim seven seconds instead of what you know the you know, like the automatic ones, what they say, right. two minutes, 30 seconds to every quadrant or whatever. Right. This one says seven seconds and you have a clean, clean teeth. Wow. Yeah. It looks like a, the, it scares the plaque off your teeth. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know what the hell it does. Uh, but she just got an update last night that they're still months and months away from getting this thing. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have the problem or just took forever or just the crappy ones showed up? No, they took, they took a long time. I think one of the, that knife took a long time. What was special about the knife? Or was supposed to be? Um, just the blade was super sharp and blah, 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 blah. And they had the process that made it blah, 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 sure. blah. I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, I worked at a, uh, in a kitchen once years ago. And it was when the infomercials were out for the Ginsu. Yeah. And the there was a guy that worked in the kitchen with us. He was like the got picked on all the time he went to the home show and came back to this restaurant with the ginsu knife and showed it to the head chef and the guy's like oh yeah let me see that takes it over to one of the pipes 
by the sink and yeah. just starts fucking wailing on the pipe. Gave him back his knife. It goes, there you go. And it was just fucking mangled. Yeah. Yeah, because he was like, yo, it's indestructible. He said it's indestructible. And he took it just fucking <laughs> ruined it. It's like, oh, that was mean. Well, you don't take a Ginsu to a chef. No, though. no. Right. <laughs> Come on. You should have known better. Yes. You should have absolutely known better. Um, let's see here. We've done so many things in the last year. We've uh, what are the? Is there anything we should be mentioning? Did that you did a little thing for Louis Lee? Is that ever going to be? Uh no, that no, was that was just for, for that him? was for private use. That yes. was just for him. Yes. Okay. The Michael DeBar Michael DeBar doc. doc is very close to done. I've I've cleared all the music now. I've paid for ninety five percent of the photos. I'm looking for a couple more photographers. Okay. Um, I've got very little work left on it and it will be out this year for sure okay good 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 yeah uh so this year it'll be a doc that i directed a movie i co-starred in and a stand-up album will be my product for the year that's plenty i hope so that is absolutely plenty i will make 17 dollars combined from <laughs> those three projects <laughs> what, what is the thing people ask are you getting points do you get points <laughs> You're getting points, right? When that thing goes huge, you're going to get points. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people should come out to your shows here while uh, – don't be afraid of the freaking if – if it snows another freaking half an inch here in the next 24 hours, uh, the roads are fine. Don't be a bitch about it. Get out here to Acme and see yes. a good show. Don't be a bitch. What he said. Yeah. I came last night, and it was fine. I drove here this afternoon. Fine. It'll be fine, people. Come, Come on, out and support me, for God's sakes. I've been <laughs> on this show how many times? <laughs> if not now, when? That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, once again, congrats on 100 episodes. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sure you'll do 100 more as long as Andy's willing. I think he's willing. Yeah. I think, I think I'll want to stop before he does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, is there anything else we should be mentioning? Um, your your podcast is available everywhere. Thought Spiral available where podcasts are sold. That's right. Um, merch. You have podcast merch somewhere. Yeah. Thoughts, uh, Zazzle.com. Yeah. Slash thought underscore spiral. We've got the uh, the Two Jews, Two Mics, Two Hours shirt. we got the First Thought Theater logo. We've got a lot of shirts there for you people. Um, and yeah. No, I'm just, you know, I'm always happy to be here at Acme and I'm excited for... Uh, the album to be an Acme set. Yeah. One final question. Okay. I heard you do not have an album title picked out, correct? I do not yet, or just no. not nothing you've gone public with? Nothing? Nothing. Have you considered stealing Andy's idea because his album has been sitting in a somewhere for years and it may never be released? I did. I did threaten him. You with, did threaten with him? With, yeah, with using his name before he got it out. Just okay. as. <laughs> I think you should follow through. His is, I think, called Hence the Humor. Yes. <laughs> I think, and I think he recorded it in 2013. <laughs> That's so, six years. I really thought that this me doing an album might light the candle, right? Still, no. It doesn't seem to be lighting the candle so much. No, he's got other things to worry about. We it, know that it's lighted the candle of me mocking him now. But. Well. And that's entertaining for all of us. Sure. It's working out. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, man. It was always fun. 